you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. Hope you're all well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 25. Just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. And as always, I promise you another great show. But more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there beside you. So let's get ready to invite him in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your heart and mind. So here goes. Here is today's topic. When your busy hands become the devil's workshop. You've all heard the saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? Well, that's where he deceived and and led me astray many of decades. Thankfully, God saved me from him and from my idle hands, one being this podcast. There's also another truth and an accompanying saying that I, I don't think many people realize, which may be even more powerful and damning and dangerous than the idle hands. That is, if the devil won't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You see, he will distract you and cause you to focus on all the things that don't matter instead of what really does matter. Distractions are the enemy of greatness. Why, why do we focus not on what matters most, which is God? If, if we claim to believe in him, And we know that the two greatest commandments of all, according to Jesus, is to love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And the next greatest commandment is to love your neighbors as yourself. Why then do we know more about worldly things than we do God's word? Or in doing the things that faith produces, which is works, according to the Bible. Why are we so worried about the weather our careers, our wealth, the uh, trajectory in our life, our past, our present, our missed opportunities, our favorite sports teams, our hobbies and interests, our weekend fun, our technology and tech gear, our stocks and bonds, our cryptocurrency, our fears, our worries, our doubts, our music, our heritage, our favorite foods, or you fill in the blank. I just about left out another few thousand topics and categories. To put it plainly, there are the things that fill up our time, our space, our devotion, our attention, our attitude, our money, and our energy, but it's not God. And that, my friends, is one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy. Yes, it's that God doesn't exist for non-believers. Yes, it's that you have all the time in the world to get right with God. And also idle hands being his workshop for the lukewarm Christians. But then for all the rest of us, you, me, and just about everyone else, there's the noise we spend our life on that's meaningless to God and his kingdom. In my humble opinion, this is one of the most alarming and deceiving blinders the enemy uses on us. And again... It's mostly on Christians. After all, we, we being true Christians, are most conscious about our walk with Christ and and living a life for God, running the race. Yet, how can we continue to run a race that the devil sets for us? You better believe he wants you off the race that God has set before you and on to the beaten path 
that the devil leads many astray with. He doesn't come with horns and anger. He comes disguised as the most beautiful, treasured, and desired things in your life. Having a hard time coming to grips with this? So did I. Until the Holy Spirit convicted me of this as I was dwelling in God's word. And after he literally shook me awake in April of 2019, check out episode one for more if you haven't yet. The more I sought to know God and what he wanted from me, the more I had to hold my mirror, known to me as my Bible, to see who I really was and who I was in relation to what God wanted me to be. And I dreaded the reflection I saw. It wasn't that of Christ. It was one of the devil. For 41 years, I had been deceived. For 41 years, my God was me. For 41 years, I and everything I did and had was my idol. God was just a name known to me. I believed in him and had him set aside in reserve, you know, in case something really bad came into my life. And then I'd pray to him for help. That was about the extent of a relationship with him. So when the Holy Spirit convicted me, he showed me in between the lines, so to speak. I read and dwelled in the word as what I was supposed to do for God. And the race set before me. I understood that well done, my good and faithful servant, meant something more than just believing in him. He showed me all the things that were consuming my attention, my heart, my time, and my focus. It wasn't on God, but of the things of this world. It was one of those heart-stopping moments that left my jaw on the floor for weeks and weeks. And it completely transformed my way of living and reset the course and the track I was running. I had to get back on God's race that he had set before me to live out his purpose for my life, not my purpose for my life. I I had it backwards. Here was the greatest shaken awake moment he gave me as a conviction. When I broke down what I did for him, on a day-to-day basis, it amounted to maybe five minutes of my attention per day, if that. No, really, maybe five minutes max. It came in the form of a, a prayer as I lay down to sleep, but it wasn't even every night. Sometimes I was just too tired to even pray to my God. Never reading the Bible, other than you know a few, a few verses here or there that were posted online or parts of a sermon or two I listened to. Guys, five minutes is equal to less than 1% of your day. I could have tripled or quadrupled that and it was still like dropping pennies in an offering plate, not 10%. It was worse than giving a waiter or waitress a penny for a tip, yet that's the equivalent I was giving to God. I was filling my day with non-life producing, non-God worshiping, non-kingdom growing, and non-Christian activities. How was I living the life God asked me to live? Well, it's easy. I wasn't. And this is the message for you all today. What are you busy doing for God? And if you don't know, or you know and it convicts you, then God has your full attention right now. So what does God's word say we should be doing with our life? Remember, salvation is not given by works, but by grace. Works are a a result of your faith. Faith without works is dead. Jesus Jesus already said that. So I'm going to go into some verses you may or may not be familiar with. 
Because I want to see what God has to say. Forget what I have to say. So Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's pretty powerful. How about Ephesians 4.29-32? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiving who? Forgiving one another your neighbors. Colossians 1.10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. How do you do that? Romans 12.1.2, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And for me, that only comes through reading the word of God and meditating on it. Micah 6.8, he has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And I'm going to be real for a second here. Um, I heard that verse growing up somewhere. And I didn't really understand that. But trust in the Lord with all my heart and to not lean on my own understanding, well, that's what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah, believed in him. But when it came pushed come, comes to shove, did I really trust him when I was worried and anxious and scared? Or did I trust in him with all my heart? No, I did not. And lean on my own understanding. I never read the Bible. It had to be from my own understanding. And by the way, my own understanding also came from reading what other people had to say online or in conversation. That was still my own understanding of what they were saying, not what God was saying. That's a big one. Colossians 3, 12 to 17, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing one another. And if one has a complaint against each uh, another, Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Again, I could reread that. That's probably 10, 15 ways to live your life for God 
not get busy or sucked into worldly things, yet none of them did I do. In fact, I'll go a step further. I did the opposite of them. I wasn't holy. I had no heart. I wasn't kind to anyone. I was prideful. I had zero patience. I didn't bear anything for anyone. I complained against everyone and anything. I forgave no one. I loved no one. I had harmony with no one. So I go through the list. Praising God, maybe on a Sunday every couple months if I actually went to church. As the saying goes, if the only time you worship and praise God is on Sundays, he's not your God, he's your Sunday idol. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Where do you seek the kingdom of God? From God. In speaking with him and talking to him and taking time out with him, reading his word. Romans 12.2, again, do not be conformed to this world. How many of us are conformed to this world from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep? Again, I'm not implying, but if the shoe fits, kick it off. Here's another great one. Philippians 2, 14 to 15. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. I'm going to read that again because once again, I was the opposite of that. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. It's a pretty good description of where we're at right now. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. So without that, you do not shine as lights in the world. Here's another huge one. Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you have God, the creator, the master, the Lord of the universe, the master physician, the savior, the prince of peace, saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How then does money come in the way of that? How do we keep a life free from love of money and be content with that? It should be really easy, right? Somehow it's not because the devil gets involved. Mark 12, 30 to 31, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So see, he's not asking us to be perfect. He's asking us to be, as 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Luke 9.23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm going to read that again because there's the answer of what we need to do on a day-to-day. Coming from the mouth of Jesus, Luke 9, 
23. And he said to all, not a few, all, that includes you and I, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, not weekly, monthly, or once upon a time, or when you feel like it, but daily and follow me. And I'll end with this verse. I have many other verses I'm going to put in the show notes, but I'm going to end with Romans 8, 13. And it says, "For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put the put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. There's no misunderstandings. There's no secrets. There's no, it's not a riddle. It's not a, it's not a, a, a problem to solve. That's pretty self-explanatory. Romans 8, 13. If you live according to the flesh, that's live for yourself, you will die. But if you do it by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you'll live. So if you're now asking, well, you know, how, how can I apply this to my life starting today? This is what I would say. First, get into God's word. You've most likely been told this your whole life to some degree or at the very least heard it. But if you haven't, that's like asking why can you figure out how to work something or put it together properly when you've ignored the instruction manual. God's word is living and he will absolutely speak to you through it. It's your life's manual. It's the how to and the how not to for everything you'll ever encounter and then some. Following, you know, the examples of Jesus, then his disciples, with the exception of Judas, of course, read one of the many books from Paul. See how he lived his life and taught others how to live theirs for Christ. Everyone wants to find the meaning of life and the instruction booklet for life. You actually possess it. It's called the Bible, and it'll never steer you wrong. Spend time with your creator. Talk to him, and he'll talk to you. Dwell in his word daily, not weekly, or like I had been, never. Don't just worship and praise and thank him on Sundays. Do this every day. Go to him with questions. Seek his approval for things. Follow his guidance. Go love on your neighbors. Create time to do what he's asking you to do. Help the needy. Help the lost. Help the poor. Help with orphans and widows. Join or start a small group. Let your light shine before all the world so that they see him in you. Today, the world won't read the Bible because it's busy reading you, the Christian. It's by your example that they will become thirsty for what you have, which is Jesus. And it's not talk, it's action. Faith without works is dead. Don't let the devil place importance on worldly things and what you spend your time on over and above what God would have you spend your time and devotion on. Two different paths, two different outcomes. So my final question to you is this. God is worth what percent of your day? What percent are you willing to give to the one who died for you, rose again, defeated sin and death, and offers free salvation and grace to everyone who will love and obey him. My final statement is this. Take it from one 
who has won for 41 years of his life. Being a lukewarm Christian is so dangerous because you blend in with everybody and impact nobody. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by God through today's messages in scripture. I'll place more scripture in the show notes uh, beyond what I went over today. And I'd like to ask you a favor. Only if you've received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know? Call them, uh, text them, email them, IM them, talk to them. You know, tell them to give the show a listen. Check out the show at shakenawake or shaken-awake.com. You can also email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or call or text me directly for any reason at 407 493 3208. Again, that is 407 493 3208. Thank you for those that are reaching out. It's great to hear from you. And if you have ideas for the show, please let me know. I'd love to hear them. So next week, tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic, which is everything you ever wanted in life, God has in his hand and ready for you this very moment. So next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. Until next week, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. 